Exceeding Expectations, episode 44. This week I speak with a lady called Kim Adders, who runs a company called Frame of Mind Coaching. And she coaches leaders to become phenomenal leaders who then create more phenomenal leaders. And she's she has it's quite a different approach from what well, certainly from what I've heard before anyway, but she's helping to help people become coaches who, who then can help many other people. If you've uh, listened to the show before and you like what you've heard, why not leave a review for us on something like iTunes or Podbean or one of the many platforms where you're able to leave reviews for podcasts. Please do share the episode. Let other people know if there's anything that you think they'd particularly find valuable from this episode. And it would be great to hear from you if you've got suggestions for people that you would like to hear being interviewed on Exceeding Expectations. Right now, time for this week's episode with Kim Ades. Exceeding Expectations and my guest this week is Kim Ades. How are you doing, Kim? I'm great and super, super happy to be talking to you today. And you're in Toronto in Canada. Yes. Still not warm here. What, is it, does it get warm in Toronto? Not yet. Not yet. We're waiting for it. <laughs> you have like a couple of days a year, I would imagine. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so your company is um, Mind Coaching. It's called Frame of Mind Coaching. And so do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, I've been in business for 15 years. We have a team of coaches all over Canada and the US. We certify coaches in what we call the frame of mind coaching method. And what we do is we coach the highly driven population, people who are entrepreneurs who run sizable businesses and executives and the executive team. And what we do Mm -hmm. is we focus on how they think and how their thinking impacts not only their personal results, but the results of their teams, their families, their friends, everyone that they interact with. And and so how long have you been doing that? Uh, 15 years. I've been at it for a while. And what was it that got you into, what was it made you start the company in the first place? How did it come about? So uh, before this company, so I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Before I started this company, I used to own a software company and we used to build simulation-based assessments. And the purpose Mm -hmm. of those assessments was to help companies make better hiring decisions. And so what we did was we tested people. We looked at their IQ. We looked at their personality traits. We even looked at their behaviors, their actions. And what we were trying to do is figure out what traits identify a top performer. And one of the things we discovered, because we collected really so so much data, so much rich data, and that data told us an interesting story, is that, sure, intelligence is important, personality is important, skill sets are important, but there was one key characteristic that outperformed all of them. And we discovered that if a person had a high degree of emotional resilience, they would be much more likely to succeed than others. And so Hmm. that was a very interesting finding for me. And so after I sold that company, I started to explore the area of coaching. And I thought, you know what? Mostly in coaching, most coaching worlds, we're helping people reach their goals by creating a plan and then holding them accountable to that plan. And I thought, yeah, but hold on a minute. What about this emotional resilience component? What is that Hmm. really about? 
And if we look at emotional resilience, it's the ability to bounce back from adversity with, with great speed and agility and even leverage the adversity, except in mm-hmm. coaching, we're not really doing that. We're not, we're not fostering that. We're not teaching that. And I thought, well, what if I start a coaching company? And, and I thought to myself, I bet that people know what to do. They're just not doing it. And the question mm-hmm. is why? And if I can explore that, if I can understand how people think, and understand their emotional resilience baseline, and I can help them move that baseline up a few hundred notches, then I'll create outstanding performance, or I'll help them achieve their goals. And so that's Mm. what I did. I started this concept called Frame of Mind Coaching, where we focus exclusively on thinking. And so the people that you're working with, they're already experienced coaches before they come to you. No. So the people I, the clients we have are business owners and what happens and what happens, they're business owners, executives of, you know, substantial companies. They're, you know, the top performing contingent of the population. What happens is they come through coaching, they go, holy smokes, that was amazing. And some of them say, how do I learn to be a coach? And then we Mm -hmm. invite them into a certification process where they learn the coaching skills that they experienced as clients. So they literally dedicate a year and a half of their lives to this process so that they can then coach other people. So those are our coaches, not our clients at that point. Right. And so what is it you, you feel that you do different to, to help these people that you, you coach to be uh, you coach to be coaches? So one of the things that we do in our coaching process is, again, you know, we focus on how people think. And Mm -hmm. not so much on what they do. So what they do tell us how they think, but we're still focused on how they think. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for us, the relationship between the coach and the client is really, really critical. That is really the, we'll call it the transportation vehicle to help someone get from where they are to where they want to be. So in our coaching process, what we do is we start off with a six-month coaching period, and that's broken down into two components, the first 10 weeks and the rest of the six months. In those 10 weeks, there's a call once a week. Every call is recorded. We ask our clients to listen to the recording so that they can start to become aware of how they speak, the words they Mm -hmm. use, uh, the emotions they have, the stories they tell. And what we're trying to do is really increase their awareness of how they show up in the world. The second thing we do is we ask them to journal in an online journal, a private and secure online journal with their coach. And their coach reads and responds to their journal every single day. No days off, no weekends, no vacations. So that level of contact, that level of intimacy is unprecedented in the coaching world. And so what kind of results do you get? It's unbelievable. If I can tell you how transformational the experience is, it's just mind-blowing over and over and over again. I mean, what, what were their expectations before they came into it and then at the end of it? What, how, does it how did it change? Well, I mean, they expected to experience coaching and maybe they expected mm. to receive good coaching. But what they do mm. receive is over-the-top outstanding coaching. And the reason they have that is because they spend so much intimate time with their coach who is skilled and able to really get to the core, the heart of the matter. They're able to go deep and they're able to do that with speed. And that's really critical. And so 
you know, normally when you think about a coach, well, here's the coach and here's the client and there's a certain kind of relationship that's established, which is very professional in nature. In the, mm. in the frame of mind coaching world, what we try to do is we try to really tear down boundaries so that the coach and the client are literally, well, figuratively, not literally, but in, in a boat together rowing. Mm. Right. So they're in it together. And the philosophy is they're choosing each other and they're taking a journey together. And it's not an arm's length length relationship. It's a very intimate relationship because of the frequency of contact and the nature of how that fits together. So imagine you're a coach and you're reading someone's journal every single day. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to make progress at lightning speed. You were telling me about how you really wow your clients. So what, what is it that you feel you, what is it you do that, that does that? So number one is we're on it, right? So when someone journals, we're responding quickly. So, right. So we're there for our clients. We show up and we're present. So like on, on a very basic level, that's what we do. That's the, the basic minimum expectation for our coaches. But over and above that, one of our core values is generosity. So what does that mean? It means that our coaches are wired to go the extra mile. So let me give you a whole bunch of examples. Mm. You know, the other day, one of my coaches was on a call with his client and he discovered like she's always working, working super hard. And the conversation was, what would it look like if you took a little time off to take care of yourself? What would you do with that time? And she said, well, there's this book that I've been wanting to read. And, you know, I would take the time to do that. And while the moment he hung up the phone with her, he actually went onto Amazon and had that book sent to her the very next day. He didn't Mm. need to do that. Mm. It's not part of the mandate. He's not paid to do that. It's Mm. not, you know, in our process. Oh, at week three, send a book to your client. That's not what it was. He took his own initiative and he did that. I'll give you another Mm. example. Another coach had a client who discovered, who rediscovered that she liked to paint. So my coach went to the store and purchased five canvases and had them sent to her. Like Mm. these are things that are over and above the call of duty. I'll give you one Mm. more example. Mm. One of my clients actually took his journals that he wrote and codified them. And what he did is he discovered that in those journals, there were certain themes that showed up, themes where he was struggling over and over and over again. And he ended Mm. up writing a book about his experiences and his, what he learned that he discovered as a result of journaling. So he wrote this book and it's coming out very shortly called the fast forward mindset. And right before he published it, he said, Hey, you know, like I've been kind of talking to him through the whole process, but he said, Hey, you know, it's about ready to go out. And our director of operations said, send it to me. I'll edit it for you. That's Hmm. not part of what we do. Hmm. Right. So, it's it's relevant to the client, it's important to the client, and we do it because that's who we are. Are there stats that for for most coaches, how long a typical client would stay with, with a coach? And, and is that any difference for you? Well, it's a very interesting question because in a lot of coaching worlds, the goal of the coach is to keep the client forever. Hmm. My goal is not to keep the client forever. My goal is to support the client when the client needs it and to create independence, not dependence. So Hmm. length of time doesn't necessarily indicate quality of journey. Hmm. Right? So what does? Referrals. Hmm. 
And so you get a lot of referrals. We get a lot of referrals because our clients aren't just moderately happy clients. They're raving fans. Hmm. Is, because you, obviously you're based in Canada, but you mentioned you've got a lot of uh, clients in, in the United States as well. Is We is, have clients in the United States, in Australia, in Japan, like all over the world, because all of our coaching is virtual. Right. So, well, so the, my question was going to be, how different are those different territories? Is there much difference in the way the coaches need to go about what they do, or is there no, not much difference? No, we have... A, um, it's very interesting because every coaching experience is extremely unique and customized to that client based on mm. how that client journals. But we have a framework that is set it, set in place that all the coaches lean on and rely on. So we have a process that they use that is consistent from client to client and a framework, a set of principles and concepts that they lean on to help the client get from where they are to where they want to be. So the process is the same experience mm. is unique because of what the client brings to the table mm-hmm. and you before you were talking about the the whole kind of sort of generosity of yep. of what what you bring so can you can you elaborate more on that well for us yes you know they're paying for a certain time frame you could say right so there's a call once mm. a week and then there's a call every two weeks and then there's a journal but if the client has an emergency we're not clocking our time if the client has something serious going on our coach picks up the phone and says okay let's talk now you're off the like the, the, we're not we're not paying attention to time and so our our coaches understand that the relationship isn't based on this business agreement it's based on a different kind of contract maybe a social contract that says i am here for you to help you and there's nothing holding me back from giving you everything that I can possibly give you. Hmm. You, you, you spoke about before that your, your clients tend to be highly driven entrepreneurs and so on. And then some of those decide to, to become a coach after they've been through the, you know, yep. working with the, your coaches. Yep. What sort of percentage of those are, do, do decide to become coaches? Well, um, we're certainly not looking for, for everyone to become a coach, right? So mm. I would say if I look at our clients, you know, maybe 5% decide to go through the route of coaching. And then from that 5%, mm. we select those that are skilled and who have a natural intuition and ability to coach. And what would you, what would you say are the? I mean, you, you talked about resilience. What what else does a good coach need? So for me, a good coach needs a whole bunch of things beyond resilience. Resilience is the thing kind of they build over time, but mm. a coach needs to understand patterns. They need to understand what they're reading and hearing, and understand what the source of the pain comes from. A coach mm. also needs to show up, right? They need that that reliability, that component to say, okay, if a client journals, I'm not going to read the journal in 10 days. I'm going to read the journal today. So they have mm. to have that sense of reliability. They also have to have a dedication to their own personal development. They have to be driven themselves. They have to have achieved already some significant goals of their own lives. Because I don't want my coach to just be coaching. I want them also to be role models for their clients, to demonstrate mm. a journey that they've been on 
showing where they started and where they went to. They also need to be very, very human and compassionate. They need to understand and not be judgmental about where somebody's suffering or having a struggle. Hmm. And so do most of the coaches have coaches themselves? Absolutely. They started off going through coaching with frame of mind Mm -hmm. coaching, right? So they started off saying, I need a coach. Can you please coach me? I'm going to go through the process. And so they, every single one of my coaches started off with a coach. But yeah, but what I mean is, do they still, even once they're as working as a coach, do they still have coaching? Yes. So, so they have two things. A lot of them have coaches that they work with, but a lot of them partner up and help each Mm. other. They coach one another. Mm, Okay. And what, as far as, I mean, I just asked you, what does a good coach need? What does a, as far as a client is concerned, what makes a, a client really receptive to good coaching and, and, and the opposite? Are there types of people who just don't work well with a coach? Yes. So some people aren't really open to coaching. Some people aren't open to putting in the work. So, mm. you know, it, it's this one area where the client needs to put in as much work as the coach. The client mm. needs to show up not only to the calls, but they need to do the daily journaling. They need to be willing to look at themselves. They need to be willing to take responsibility. And in our case, those clients who really, really move at the speed of lightning are also listening to their own recordings every week. So they're mm. hearing themselves and they are receiving coaching twice in a week, right? Mm. Once directly and once through the recording. So what we find is people who really accelerate are completely committed to the process. Mm -hmm. And so do you ever need to sack clients because they're just simply not doing what's asked of them? Well, we have experienced clients who aren't willing to do the whole thing. Uh, we still, you know, try our best to coach them because we always want to take someone, we want to meet people where they are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we try to work with them where they are in, uh, you know, a few rare cases. We've decided, okay, this isn't working. It's okay. We can call it a day. But that's not, it's a very rare experience for us. Mm. What, what are your general thoughts on um, over-delivering and exceeding expectations, Kim? Uh, for me, it's it's absolutely part of our DNA. It's part of our process. It's part of how our coaches are wired and how they are taught, how they are encouraged. What we highlight is that extra mile. It's the relationship. You know, one of my coaches uh, had a very tough client one day. And this client, uh, I'm going to kind of give you a broad story. This client mm. became pregnant and wasn't sure if she wanted to keep the baby. Very mm. difficult situation, difficult decision to make. Mm. Anyways, it was, it was a very tough road. She was really struggling and thrashing about. And the coach, and she decided, hey, I can't do coaching anymore. But the coach remained in contact and remained friends with this particular client. Mm-hmm. And helped her come to a final decision of keeping the baby. The client was so grateful that the coach never let go, never Mm -hmm. gave up, never walked away, that that the coach became this child's godmother. Wow. What we're doing here is 
uh, yes, there's a coaching process. Yes, there's a methodology. Yes, there's a philosophy and an approach and a framework and all of that stuff. But if the relationship between the coach and the client doesn't exist, no progress is made. So that's the basis of it. And Mm -hmm. if that's the basis of it, we need to establish trust and we need to wow our clients as often as possible. Have you? Can you think of any examples where you've really been surprised with uh, an experience you've received that you just weren't expecting? Yes, I remember that I hired a coach uh, many years ago who was a very uh, highly acclaimed coach. And I was working Mm. with her for a period of time. And at the end of the period, she said to me, uh, I have decided to gift you this coaching. Like completely, I'm not charging you. That completely shocked me and wowed me. Completely Mm. blew me away. Didn't expect it. It it just completely, and she said, I think, you you know, I am contributing to your life so that you can contribute to the life of others. And I see you doing that. I see that happening before me. And I've chosen you to gift my coaching. And so I imagine that must have had such an impact on you. It blew me away. It, it just totally and completely shocked me, humbled me, all of that. And so would you say that as um, part of your approach now is because of that experience? No, I would say that part of my, my approach is based on my upbringing. My parents were always over the top, super generous in every aspect whether it was someone who needed money, they would go and talk to my, my father. If it was someone who was sick, my mother would be there with, you know, food and money. If it was someone coming to the, to the house for dinner, my mother would make a spread for, you know, fit for an army. And, and so it was part of how I grew up. It was part of my, uh, you know, my upbringing, my culture. And so it's just the way we do things. Hmm. One of the things I've noticed is, you know, a lot of the, the top sports people and and even you know top uh, stars in the world of pop and acting and so on, they all have regular coaching no matter what level they're at. And yet, some of the people much further down don't have coaching and they don't realise the the importance of coaching. Is what what would you say on about that? Yeah, there's a perception that oh, if you need a coach, something must be wrong, and that's mm-hmm. really the antithesis of what we're doing. It's you know what, if you want things to be really, really right, then hire a coach. And mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, most of who we work with are already high achievers, but they want to get to a next place, or maybe they're frustrated with something, or there's a struggle that they're experiencing. And so I would say that if you really want to live that extraordinary life, if you want kind of to milk your life, then work with someone who can help you experience that. Mm. And, and you say that you work with high achievers. And so probably the people who are maybe even just starting, up, starting out to get to that level of being high achievers, they're probably more likely to get there by the help of someone like a coach. A hundred percent. One of the things that I've discovered over the span of my career, not only coaching, but prior to this in the assessment world, is that high achievers do three things, three things consistently. 
the first thing that they do is they look at how they think and then they challenge their beliefs. What does that mean? They say, okay, like I'm struggling with this problem, whatever it is, what do I believe to be true about this problem that's causing a bottleneck? So they're always questioning their basic premises, premises. Mm. Um, okay, so that that's one thing they do. The second thing they do is they access resources. So they they are not afraid to ask for help. They're not afraid to uh, pay for help. They're not afraid to look around and say, who can I talk to? What resource is available to me? And even if I don't think, like, you know, if it's a stretch, I'm not going to be afraid to do the asking. A lot of us don't access resources because we don't believe that they're accessible to us or we don't Mm. believe that someone will be willing to give us that resource. And Mm. uh, last but not least, they focus on what they really, really want, like almost with blinders on. They're very, very clear about what their goal is and they do not get distracted or deterred from their goal. So those are the three things that I see in the high achieving population. So how do you see your company growing over the next few years? What what would you like to achieve in the next few years? Yeah, so for me, you know, I have a team of coaches and they're all incredible. And, you know, we're growing from the standpoint of uh, reaching more significant corporations. So I see that continuing. But one of the things I see happening is working within companies to develop coaching divisions, mm. right? So go in and train people internally to coach, And do that for a multitude of different organizations so that they have internal coaching uh, bodies or or divisions that can serve their corporation or organization. So I see us moving in that direction a whole lot more. Um, You know, I'm doing a lot of speaking, but I see us growing by adding other spokespeople to the company as well, other speakers, other people who are kind of in front of audiences and spreading the message, if you will. Uh, Our coaching group will probably grow as well. And one of the things we're working on right now heavily is our digital marketing efforts, which, Mm. you know, interestingly enough, in the past we've tried and we haven't been all that successful. And now, you know, we're really increasing our efforts that way and we're starting to see some results. And so, you know, lots of ways that we need to grow. Mm. Are most of the, is most of the coaching that's done, is it face-to-face or is it much of it done online? None of it is done face-to-face. And right. so, so, again, there's a phone call. So I can be talking to you wherever you are from my office, right? So it was, uh, the phone calls are virtual and the journaling is virtual. So it's all virtual. And some people say, well, isn't it better to have face-to-face conversations? And one of the things that we've discovered is that when we can create a level of anonymity, actually the relationship goes deeper, faster, because there's greater trust that's established. It's very odd, but that's what happens. On the coaching side, the coach has a different degree of concentration when the person isn't in front of them, when they can listen only, just listen to the story, the words, the intonation, the emotion. Hmm. Well, that's, that's quite a surprise. I would never, never have imagined that. Yes, it's very interesting. Calls are recorded and we ask our clients to listen to the recording. So, you know, what we discovered is people have what we would call deep, dark secrets. Even if they're not actually that deep and that dark, our clients believe they're deep and dark, right? Mm. So 
If you can create a safe environment and anonymity is part of that safe environment, they're willing to expose those deep, dark secrets that are really holding them back a whole lot Mm. faster. Before you talked about how you'd like to, within the next few years, go into companies and and, have a coaching division, how much of a difference do you think that could make to a company if they decided on a strategy like that? I think it's a game changer. I think that amazing leaders don't only have vision and strategy and intelligence, they are also incredible coaches. And so when you think about what is the greatest challenge of companies, of leaders, it's managing other people. It's leading other people. It's inspiring other people. You can't, you can't run a company by yourself. And so mm. that is the cr- most critical component. I think it's the game changing component mm. that makes a company go from good or average to really, really incredible. And do you know of any company who has tried an approach like that? Yeah. So we're working with a company right now, for example, uh, out of, um, out of Quebec in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have their whole entire leadership team who's going, who are going through coaching. And what we're discovering right off the bat is the leadership team is talking to each other differently. Their language is different. Their communication is different. Their level of stress is decreased. So imagine you have leaders who are stressed. How are they going to interact with their team members? How are they going to produce? Immediately, stress acts as a bottleneck. It siphons off productivity. And especially debilitating stress. And another situation as well. I mean, I know someone might be fantastic at their job and they've got a lot of different skills. And then they, as they progress, they're, they're put into management, but they're not a good manager. So in a situation like you're describing, then they can be coached into being not only great at what they do, but also to be a good manager. Yes. And so what we have discovered is that in order to be a great manager, what we need to look at is how that leader thinks. And what we've discovered also is that a person leads, right? Where do they, where do they lean on in terms of their experience for leadership? Mm -hmm. They lean on their experiences as children. They look at their parents and they say, how did my parents parent me? How -hmm. did they do that? And how, how did I receive that? And they learn from that, which isn't always the best source of learning. And so they have a mentality about how to uh, move people to action that Mm. isn't always consistent with the goals of the company. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah, really, absolutely. I mean, as as you said, it could make it really could be game changing if companies were to to realize how much better it could be having a coaching division within the company. It's incredible. Like we've seen in terms of our own clients who go back to their companies, they are completely different leaders and people around them notice. Hmm. So if people want to find out more about um, Frame of Mind Coaching, where where would they go to? So um, frameofmindcoaching.com and Mm -hmm. on the website is an invitation to sign up for a complimentary coaching call. No strings attached. And I would say to you that that call will move the needle. That call will bring you a level of awareness that you've never had before. So it doesn't matter if you never sign up for coaching, sign up for that call. Like that Mm. call is already an experience that's well worthwhile that will help kind of open up your eyes to things you aren't currently seeing. And would that be just to people who are already sort of high achievers or is that to, to anyone? Anybody who we, we go from high potential leaders to 
high achieving leaders. So if you, if you look at your life and you say, I want to be a leader, like that's my track. How do I get there? Like we're looking for the drive. We're looking for the determination. We're looking for that, you know, that burning sensation inside that says, I want to get to somewhere better. And I'm willing to put in the time. I'm willing to look at myself. And would they, I'm, I'm imagining they could be based anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Fantastic. Well, Kim, I'm sure you're going to get quite a few people responding to you and taking you up on that. So um, it's been it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Kim, and, and best of luck with Frame of, uh, Frame of Mind Coaching in the future. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed your questions too, Tony. It was great. Thank you, Kim. My guest on next week's show is Monica Irowski. She's the vice president and co-founder of Yampu Tours, which she started... Um, about 21 years ago with her husband and she has a different approach to travel agency which is essentially what she does and she goes beyond what uh, many of the people that are booking tours with her um, do expect and she has a real keen eye for detail so that's next week's episode with Monica Irowski. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Please do leave us a review. Do share the episode with people who you think may appreciate the show. That gets us out to more people and that helps the show um, get better and better and get even better guests than we've already brought to you. Hope you have a fantastic week and see you next week.